All right, Paul, excited for our conversation today, uh, where I love to kick off discussions because it's so weird how we all end up in franchising in some way, shape, or form. What's your What's your franchise story? How did you even land in franchising? I started working with United Franchise Group about nine years ago, and they uh, they wanted me to do their financing for at the time their their big one was Sinorama, mm -hmm. and. Uh, they wanted me to do what's called an SBA express loan, which is something that I do a lot because we're, I'm a score counselor for the federal government. And I worked a lot with that lender that specializes in those. They're a very unique SBA loan that, that does not require a person to put up their home for collateral. So that's how it started. So you have, they ask you, we need help at this. And you say, all right, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, yeah, I, I, Tim Phillips, who's their director of finance, and I, uh, we got along pretty much right from the beginning. And, uh, you know, and then eventually they asked me to be their main source of financing and 250 SBA loans and probably about 50 equipment leases. And eight years later, I'm still doing their work. All right. So were you at were you a franchise supplier at the time or did this force no. you into it force you into the industry then yeah i i went to the uh that later that i guess it was the next year i went to the ife up in uh up in new york at the javits center and i started walking around and looking at the the booths that were doing franchise financing and you see benetrends and guidance and tenant and fran fund and they're all let's do the robs, let's do the robs, let's do the robs, let's do the robs. They'll sell the robs program because they make the five grand real quick and they make another, I don't know, 22,000 bucks a year on, on fees from every member that they get. And they're all just selling robs. And I figured, you know what, there's gotta be other products that we could offer to this, to this industry. And we decided to start to exhibit after that. And that, to some extent, that's the, still the same players that are in there. And they, yeah. So clearly, I mean, though, even even that scenario, you're looking at the franchisee and saying, "What could we offer them that's different?" Now, all the examples you just gave, those are companies that are making money off of interacting with the franchisee, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have the franchisee's best interest in mind there. You talked about quick turn and the way that you viewed that. So because you want to get in front of the franchisee, the franchisor, the pathway of least resistance, or is it directly to them that you tend to have the most relationships with? With the franchisors. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we get contacted by, I'd say, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 different franchisors over the years that we work with. Uh, a lot of them are fitness franchisors because they look at my background and they see I've been in the fitness industry for a half a century, which gives you an idea. I'm not exactly a spring chicken. Um, and, uh, but we also do a lot like uh, I do the KOAs and the Yogi Bear Jellystone Park franchises and the, uh, in the RV park industry, because I've got a background in that. But, you know, we do other things, you know, like some restaurant franchises and, 
you know, things like that. But uh, we probably work with about 20, 25 different franchises. We're, we're not the biggest one out there, but we're probably not the smallest one either. So franchisor says, we need your help, Paul, uh, helping finance our franchisee candidates when they come to the table. You're handed off to them. What are you looking for from them? Like, what, what you got to evaluate them. You got to qualify them as a candidate as well for how you're going to provide a solution to them. What What are you looking at? Well, the first thing you you try to figure out, depending on if you have any experience in the franchise or not, is how much money does it take in total to open up the franchise, including the working capital and some contingency for construction overruns. Then uh, once you have your hand around, you know your head around that amount, so now you know the total they need. Then the next thing is with most SBA. Well, depending on whether it's SBA or not, because we we have ways of combining like equipment financing with the express loan, which is what that example I was using with Sinorama. We used to finance one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of the Sinorama equipment package with and get them working capital with an express loan. So there's different ways of getting. To the to the finish line besides just SBA, but as a general rule, uh, SBA is the most preferred path because it's it's simplest for them and for us. Um, so you, the down payment amount usually is around 20, 25 percent. So once you know the total, then and you know what their down payment requirement is. So the next thing is, how much money do you have, and where did you get it from? Uh, you know, is it a, is it a gift? Is it money you've saved? Are you getting it from savings? Are you getting it from liquidating stock? Are you going to use your retirement account? Because we do the Rob's program with people for their down payment. You know, because they don't have. You know, if you got a half a million dollar project, you need to come up with a hundred grand. I mean, there's not a lot of people have a hundred grand sitting around a checking account. Yeah. So they might have to use the Rob's program for uh, for that using their retirement account. So once we figure out what's the path to get them to the 500,000 in that example, then the next thing is, is what the requirements are for that particular product. So with some products, it's, um, you know, just having good personal credit. That's usually next. That's 700 or more is a general rule. Um, what are they financing? Like in the pandemic, uh, we had a lot of people trying to get RV parks. I mean, that was a real hot industry. And then if you told me you're trying to finance a restaurant or a gym, they'd run the other way. So, you know, it depends on what it is that they're trying to finance, what industry. Um, so it, it's kind of a combination, I'd say, to, to crystallize it would be uh, what, how much money do they need down and do they have it? What's their credit score? What's the industry they're they're trying to go in, you know, and then we figure out the best product. What's the state of financing right now when it relates to franchising? What What are you seeing? Got uh, 85 million in approvals with 124 people. We're busy. That's good. Yeah, we're busy. So lending is not an issue currently. No. Okay, that's good. So let me let me share. Uh, I'm going to share some opinions that I have, and I would love love your feedback on it. When f- first of all, I I fell into franchising on accident. Uh, I went from rock star journalist to franchising in 2004. 
what I fell in love with very quickly is that franchises are rock stars, just as much as the big rock stars were that I talked with in that they're investing their life savings into the opportunity to build something better for them and their, and their families. As I've learned plenty over the last 20 years, uh, my viewpoints have really shifted towards franchisee success. And oftentimes I think the franchisor doesn't look at that as well as they should. And now the franchise broker communities have popped up obviously and have done great at scaling franchisors. Uh, but ultimately, a lot of those times cut into the franchise fees, which should be designed to help make that franchisee successful. And so everything that I look at, I'm, I'm, I'm hyper-focused on how do you make a franchisee really win? Because if you make franchisees win, franchisors win. Uh, if I were advising someone on the street um, on what franchise should they look at to buy, um, obviously financial is where you have to start. Uh, and I would say, Look, look at a brand, rule of three, look at a brand where you can afford, and through financing is fine, but you can get to affording three units of it. Because what I hate seeing is when someone invests their life savings into one, barely makes enough money to offset what they were making in their career before, is stressed, burned out, angry, shuts down their business and leaves franchising. That We wasted an opportunity, I believe, as an industry on that, on that individual. And so when I'm looking at someone, I say, you know, find a pathway to getting to, to three. You don't, you don't have to buy three tomorrow, but it saves up your, your rainy day fund and it puts scale in your brain. For our franchisors, when I'm looking at their FDD, I go to, I go to operating capital fairly fast on the initial investment. And I understand why they pull it down because they're trying to play in like, how do we lower the cost of the investment? But I say, you want to actually jack that up because that also get, puts a guideline or a governor on the way that you're qualifying the candidate as well. Because if it's higher, that means you're actually looking for that a little bit more. So I share that those are some thoughts. I could talk about this for hours, but opinions on what I'm saying, does it relate? Do you differ? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I guess from the, from the standpoint of a funding source, the things that I am very aware of because I interact with the funders on a regular basis. I mean, just like everybody else has their favorites, I have my favorite funding sources. So when you're hearing what they're saying to me, because they talk to me separate from when they're when we're on the phone with, with the borrower, the considerations are they it's it, similar to actually one of the things you just said. They don't want the equity injection to be the last nickel that the person's putting into it. So they always like to make sure that they have more money to fall back on. Hold on just a second, let me stop this. The, uh, the second thing is uh, we include usually three months of equity and of, of capital, you know, for the, uh, uh, when the loan closes with all of our loans. So, you know, if an average first year expenses for the business is going to be let's just say twenty thousand dollars there's going to be a sixty thousand dollar you know fund that's going to go into the uh, operating account from the lender when the loan closes to make sure they have enough money with uh usda loans which we do a lot of for campgrounds which a lot of people don't even know usda does does business financing they think it's more for 
residential real estate in the middle of the country. We, we actually have programs in place where they're not making any payments to speak of until they're actually cash flow positive. So a lot of it has to do with how the funder can position the borrower to maximize their chance of success. Um, so those are the things that popped into my mind when I was thinking about what you said. I mean, we, we have a role in making sure they're successful by making sure that they have enough money to fall back on and that they have working capital, you know, what before they're successful. Yeah, I think that that ends up being essential. I mean, the way that I've looked at working capital, again, and not, not that, that my my way is is the right way. It's just the way that I look at it. Um, I say, okay, well, let's think about how much money they're going to replace in their career as well. So you make $120,000 a year, you're saying three-month operating capital mentally, they, they want to get back to how am I making $10,000 a month? And I'm using back in the napkin math. Yeah. I said, I think franchising, it, it's kind of like golf. Like there's a lot of people that can do it, but sometimes the mental game ends up having the highest and best impact. And so yeah. I want to see grit. I want to see hustle. And that's some of the approach that I'm sure you see when you're talking to the borrower and seeing their excitement and their approach to taking this. I don't want to see fear. I want to see a, a limited amount of that because it is tough. It's tough to be a franchisee. And I'm sure you've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times over uh, since you've been in this. And so if we can set them up in the best way and financing should absolutely 100% be in the toolkit for how you get to winning. And oftentimes I think franchisors undervalue that. If you look at, if you, if you and I were to pull up a hundred franchisor websites, and count the amount of websites that have a financing section, just educating the buyer on what they need to know about financing, I bet you would be under 5%. Oh, you're, so, you're right. Well, there's a there's an issue with financing for the franchisor too, legally. Franchisors that are collecting a franchise fee have to distance themselves from the, fran the funding sources. Otherwise, there's some legal issues. So what what the franchisors do the majority of them, not all of them, but most of them will give them a short list of, of companies. So we're, we're on a list normally with a, with a Benetrends or a Fran fund or somebody like that. And uh, you know, and what the borrowers do is they, they interview the different companies that they're introduced to, or they just go to a local bank. The only one that I've seen that, that really just uses a couple of them is, is United franchise group uses Benetrends for the, for the ROBS program and they use me for equipment financing and and, and uh, SBA loans just because we they've been doing it for, I don't know, 30 years and they've just figured out who the, in their opinion, the best companies are. Yeah. What do you, what do you love about franchising? Um, I, you know, I, I, I've been, first of all, I've been self-employed since I'm 28 and I'm 70. So I've been self-employed for over 40 years. And the business that I started is very different than the business I'm in right now. I mean, they're not even close. You know, it's been a, a, a regular evolution. So the, the answer to your question is they're given a roadmap. People that, that I talk to, most of them have never, not all of them, but I'd say more than 50% have never been in business. Right. 
more than 50% have never had an SBA loan or an equipment lease. You know, they've probably had a mortgage for a house and maybe a car loan and that's it, you know, but they've never had a business and they've never done any kind of business financing. So they're, they're kind of like babes in the wood to some extent. So I think that the answer to your question is, is the fact that there's a company out there that gives them a roadmap, which is why I think it's been shown statistically veterans make better franchisees because they're used to following a plan and they're trained to follow a plan where Jamoka, like me, you know, I try to figure out maybe there's a better way to do this. And I'd be wasting my time trying to figure out the better way to make ice cream instead of the way Carvel tells me to make it or something, you know, it's a, uh, you know, and that's, they, they're given a roadmap. It's, it's funny they say that. I, I quite often say I would make the worst franchisee ever because the second I'm in there, I'm like, this is what you need to fix about your franchise. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But I, 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 I relate to a lot of what you're saying. I, I started my company at 27. I had no roadmap. Uh, I thought I had a roadmap, but at 27, I, I didn't have a roadmap. Yeah. Uh, and li life uh, teaches you a lot along the way. So, Paul, for, for anybody that's watching this, and obviously this is a form of storytelling that we use at 1851 to get people's stories out there. Let's say they're watching this. They don't know you. Who's your ideal customer? What, what do you want them to know about you? And what is the right time to reach out to you? Best way is email. I mean, I'm anal retentive about answering emails. Um, I mean, realistically, we, I'm a score counselor for the SBA. I've been in for 10 years. So we have people referred to us that aren't buying franchises. You don't necessarily have to buy a franchise. Uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the instructor for the trade association for the RV industry to teach people how to finance a, a campground. And most of them are not franchises. So, you know, realistically, uh, you know, it can be anybody, you know, franchises are fine. I have no problem with franchises at all, but, um, you know, realistically it can be anybody that wants to finance a business as an ideal customer and just shoot me an email and we see what we can do. I love it. Paul enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more on this discussion. Thanks for the time. Uh, and obviously I put up the websites for anybody that's looking for more information on you. Uh, and clearly, uh, we need to use you as a go-to reference as we start diving into financial topics, financing topics on 1851. So, Paul, yeah. thanks for uh, sharing a little bit of time with us. We really appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime you want to have answers, just like I said, I volunteer. I'm happy to help any way I can. I love it. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. Thanks.